Hello, everyone. I'm Dana Stewart Bullock, and this is Transformational Therapeutics. In today's podcast, I will be talking about symbolism. I will, of course, define it and then talk about how to incorporate it in everyday life. A symbol is a sign by which one infers or brings about. It actually means a throwing together. It is the meaning of something that stands for something else. Symbolism is the most ancient form of language and expression. In actuality, all language is symbolic of something else. So welcome to our discussion of symbolism. Hi, Dana. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. I am very curious to hear what you have to say about symbolism. That is the topic we're talking about today, correct? Well, symbolism, but also symbols or the word symbol itself and what it means. Ooh, okay. Shall we dig in? Yes. I'll start with the definition of a symbol. And a symbol is a thing that stands for something else, which sounds so simple, but it's really important. And it comes from two words in Greek, with and to throw. So it means to throw something together. So when you are thinking about a symbol, you're actually seeing or thinking of something that brings different things together under one roof. Ooh, interesting. I never knew that. It's a throwing together. That's what a symbol is. So when you're seeing a symbol and it's representing something, it's, it's not necessarily like a, a definition. It's more of a connection. It's absolutely a connection, and symbols themselves give meaning, and that's why I find them really important. And a symbol tells you the meaning of something that stands for something else. And it's actually, symbolism is the most ancient form of language and expression. And a symbol speaks to a greater meaning than what is presented. And it actually requires an understanding of the context in which it is formed. I know that's a lot of words, but let me think if I can think of a symbol. Infinity. Oh, that's a good one. So an infinity symbol, depending on what level of understanding you have as an observer, you will get a meaning from it that someone else may not may get a different meaning from. So, but it, it's an ancient form. If you see the symbol for infinity and I see the symbol for infinity, we may be coming from two very different backgrounds, but we have a similar understanding of that symbol. And so that actually provides a common ground between us in terms of understanding and meaning because it has a meaning inherent in it that we both know, even though we may have a different perspective of it, we both know that that symbol refers to infinity. Mm. And that right there provides a common ground. Symbolic language itself connects the conscious with the unconscious and the ancient with the present and the inner with the outer. Ooh, interesting. How so? Well, on a physiological level, symbols go straight to the limbic system in your brain, to the sort of primitive unconscious area of your brain. That's the limbic system. Yeah. So that's an automatic. So you may not know that unconsciously, but when you see a symbol and you recognize it, it your recognition comes from a primitive unconscious part of your brain. Is that different than other language? Yes, even if you think of the Nike swoosh, that's a symbol that people know it, but they know it on sort of an unconscious level. And in some ways, it's different from the word Nike. Wow. Think about it. And just in terms of advertising and that sort of thing, that's why symbols are so important. Right. I had no idea. And you recognize a symbol like the Nike swoosh or... Right, or McDonald's or... Like the the two arches. Yeah, Yeah, it, it goes straight to an area of your brain 
that is different from language itself. Wow. So having a logo for your business is really crucial. Depending on the logo, yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) True. Yes, it's an unconscious form of language. Wow. That's very ancient. And when you think about ceremony and ritual, it's all so symbolic. A funeral. Funerals are a symbolic way of saying goodbye to someone, and every culture has its own form of funeral, its own symbolism that is attached to death and passage into whatever that culture believes happens after death. Mm. Symbols are inherent in our brains, I think. And Joseph Campbell talked about a symbol is something that is valid here, now, and forever. And it's not related to a specific time. It's not interpreted concretely or historically. According to him, the function of a symbol is to put your consciousness in touch with the roots or ground of what the symbol means. And in our culture now, we don't really have a lot of the ancient symbols that we use. We've become somewhat rootless. And symbols, like stories, in some ways hold our culture together. It's it's a common form of connection. You know, you could go from the United States to the middle of Siberia, and if somebody had a Nike t-shirt on, you would feel something that you wouldn't necessarily feel you as an American if they had a shirt that had a Russian language something on it. Right. Interesting. Symbols do connect people from different backgrounds. Absolutely. And who speak different languages. Right. Literal. And, and symbols are actually also interpreted by the parts of the brain that are connected to emotion, like I said, with the limbic system, not the language centers. Mm-hmm. So symbols hit a very different area of the brain. Wait, just to clarify, you mentioned that the limbic system is a part of the primitive brain, mm-hmm. and it is especially a part of the emotions? Yes, absolutely. So when you're reading regular, like written language, it doesn't go to the emotional part of the brain. But when you see a symbol... Well, it goes to the, I believe, it goes to the emotional part of the brain indirectly by your association with that written language. Mm. But a symbol bypasses the written aspect of it and goes directly. Wow. It's a visual. I mean, you could look at all our arts and they're all symbolic. I mean, if you think about dance or you think about painting or you go to an art museum and those are symbols that... Actually, each of us interprets somewhat differently, but it has an impact. Absolutely. Not every piece of art has the same impact on every person. Right. So symbols, it could be an actual symbol like the infinity symbol. It can be rituals like a funeral. It can be works of art. Is there any other forms of of symbols? The words that we use are actually symbolic of something else. The letters we use and put together in words, those are symbols. Numbers are symbols. But what makes that different that it doesn't bypass the part of the brain? Like written language are symbols for the meaning, but yet our brain processes them different. I honestly don't know the answer to that, but I do know it is, it's interpreted by a different part of the brain. Yeah, interesting. That The language centers are for spoken language and written language. Mm. So why, why symbols? Why is, why, I mean, this is so interesting. And how have you taken this information and applied it? Like, why is it so meaningful for you? For for me, just because of my background, symbols are a, a uniting force that I see. I see them as at a connecting force. And they're also an access or a way into your unconscious. 
And for me, that has been really important. I mean, just look at the symbolism we talk about interpreting dreams. Those are symbolic forms of communication. For sure. So if we really look around us, pretty much everything has symbolic meaning to it. And some of that is ancient, and some of it is sort of more current, but it's all connected. So I'm sitting here and I look at a keyboard. I'm sitting in this studio and I look at a keyboard, and that has a symbolic meaning for me that may be different from the meaning that it has for you. So for me, on two levels, symbolism allowed me to go deeper into my unconscious, but it also allowed me to connect to people with whom I did not have the same language. Mm. And it's just a way of seeing the world, just adding that to your armamentarian of communication and language and seeing things as symbols in addition to their concrete definition. Sure. That makes perfect sense. And it fits right in with transformational therapeutics, how if you see things as symbols and knowing that that's a, a pathway into unlocking something hidden within the subconscious. That just opens up a tremendous amount of possibility of self-healing, healing, of understanding, of growth. So the other thing that a symbol allows for is sort of passage between the worlds and into other aspects of yourself. You know, I've talked about labels as being full stops if somebody's labeled something. So um, one of the diagnoses that I've treated people with is um, bipolar disorder. And that to me, I remember I treated a young woman who was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and she was on whatever drugs that she was on for that. And she was sort of quite on some level content with that knowledge about herself. She had labeled herself or the doctor had labeled her. And for me, symbolically, I look at the language and bipolar means two poles. So a bipolar disorder as a label is a full stop. But if I look at the word itself, bipolar, and what does it symbolize? It symbolizes two poles. What does that mean? It means, oh, you have two separate poles and you go between one or the other. What does that mean? It means you don't have a middle ground. Mm -hmm. So that took me on that route from what I would say is a dead-end label to would symbolically give me power in, in a different arena to see it differently. And by seeing it differently, I can treat it differently. For sure. And, and offer her that option of if she were to see it that way, she might then have an avenue toward a different outcome. Yeah. So that's how I use specific words and labels as symbolic. So that is such a helpful example because it shows you in real time how you can use seeing something as symbolic as a way to keep digging deeper, to move through, to move beyond, to heal and get to a different side, rather than just being stuck in this one singular view, I suppose. It opens up choice and possibility. And I think it's interesting to look at the word bipolar as symbolic, just to expand it, because in our culture, it is a thing. But the meaning of it If I look at it symbolically, what is the meaning of it? Because symbols carry meaning. Then bipolar has a meaning, and that's how I got into the two poles and kept going on from there. So I think that's how I I sort of see a lot of things as symbolic and carrying meaning. I I love to understand the meaning of things, so that's my interest. So let me ask you, how can we use this information? Like, could you use this information to work on 
your own self-healing, maybe maybe it's not necessarily bipolar, but what if I, you know, sprain my ankle or have a physical ailment or something? Could you use symbolism or looking at it symbolically to help you reveal what's unconscious there? So what I do have is that symbols um, sort of allow for passage between worlds and into other aspects of yourself. If you see something symbolically, it's then a bridge into another way of seeing and also of being. But it has to be seen as a bridge and not just a place to sort of go into and out of. It takes you somewhere else. If you see something symbolically, it takes you somewhere else. Mm. And it integrates the known with the unknown. How so? So um, I have a bad hip. Okay, that's a known. Why is it bad? What's happening with it? And so I could look deeper. What is the meaning of hip? What is the symbolism of a hip? It's what I stand on. It holds me up. And then I can go from that into other areas that are connected symbolically by seeing the symbolism of the hip rather than just seeing the hip as an anatomical label. Mm, and that then becomes a bridge. And I, yeah, right. And I can bridge into which hip is it? It's my right hip. What does the right side mean? But what else can you look at from a hip? I could look up the word hip. Where does that come from? When did it start symbolically? Was there something else happening in my life? What is it connected to? Rather than just saying that I have a bad hip. Mm. So what I do and in, in, in this whole model is looking at actually the symbolism of the language that then takes me on a journey into another way of interpreting or seeing something. For sure. And seeing it symbolically just takes you into a much deeper, more rich level. And gives me more meaning. Mm -hmm. It actually empowers me. It allows me other choices in terms of how I perceive. And, and, and because the areas of the brain that are connected with per perception are so emotionally involved, I can change my emotions by seeing something symbolically and changing how it impacts me. 100%. Right. The moment if... I mean, even just that sen that statement, I have a bad hip, that has a whole weight of an emotional state associated with it. But then if you start discovering what that is representing to you and what it's telling you, and then you feel you resonate with what you're reading or you're, what you're interpreting, then all of a sudden it's, oh, okay, this makes so much sense. I didn't even know. So it, it gives meaning and that gives me power. Yeah. And so that's the bridge between the symbol or the, the symbolic meaning of the hip. And actually the word bad, which is also fascinating. I hadn't thought of that. Right. I was just thinking about that too. And, and where does that take me? Yeah. How would someone go about looking up some, do you have any suggestions on how to look up symbolism of something? Well, some, some of it is just, there, actually there are a number of ways. One is to just ask yourself, what does it mean to you? What does it do? What does a hip do? What is, it, what is its role? I'm, I'm just using hip in this example. I once had a hawk come by me. And, you know, I, I, there are books of symbolism that, that describe the symbolic meaning, the ancient symbolic meaning of different animals, body parts. There are all different ways you can, you can look it up online now. But I remember calling a friend of mine and I said, I'm going to say a word. And you're going to tell me what it means to you. And so I said, hawk. And she just kept using words of what hawk meant to her. And then one of them meant something to me. And I added that to my understanding of what the, the symbolism of that, what that hawk was trying to tell me. So if I say hip, 
I, I can look just without even looking it up in a book or online. What does a hip do? Where is it? What happens if you don't have a hip? What's its role in the body? What's it connected to? So that's, that's how I look at it. So I want to point out a key thing that you said that you said when you asked your friend and she listed off a bunch of words or however she did it, you waited until one jumped out at you. So is that, is that something that you do when, if you look, look it up and you read meanings and stuff, do you keep going until something jumps out at you and and resonates? A symbol may mean something different to you than it does to me. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the level I'm in when I'm seeing a symbol. I will interpret it that way. So if my friend rolls off a bunch of different meanings for her, the one that works for me where I am in that moment is the one that hits me psychologically, I guess would be the word. Mm. That one that has a charge for me just makes sense. Yeah. You know, I've had... I've had dreams that I've interpreted and then I've gone back years later and the interpretation has changed because I have a deeper understanding of the symbolism. Mm. So we interpret it from where we stand. For sure. And from where we stand developmentally, age-wise, experience-wise, that all comes into it. Oh, that's so cool. To, you've, you've taught me this before and I've shared this with others that keep looking until something jumps out at you because especially if you're new to the world of looking up symbolism and you start researching it the first one you read might be like oh well that that doesn't mean anything to me so this symbolism thing is is not for me i'm gonna just give up on it and then when you told me no keep looking and the one that jumps out is the one is the message and i didn't really understand why so that is it makes total sense that it's the the state that you're in the place you're in that kind of it's almost like the same frequency the level of your ability to understand is mm. what will jump out at you and that's what you will understand mm. it's, it's sort of like you know when when a child asks how babies are made you don't explain it to a two-year-old the same way you would explain it to a 15 year old oh that's a great example because they have different understanding so this two-year-old you might say the stork brings it or it you know, mommy's belly, but a 15 year old, you might have a different explanation. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> One that's more relevant. <laughs> so that understanding is dependent on the level of understanding of the person who, who's asking or seeing. I found over time, as I go into this, as I, as I become older, wiser, whatever, I will have a different interpretation. One that's actually more inclusive or deeper as I as I go along than, than the original one was. Sure. But I'm curious, you've once told me even that if a song comes in your head. I was just thinking about that. Uh, and you keep th- listening to the lyrics that, to look up, like see those lyrics symbolically? Well, well, songs are actually symbolic, are they not? For sure. So I've found personally that when I have an earworm, which is a song that sticks in my ear, it be- can become frustrating because you can't stop singing it. If I go to the computer and look up the lyrics, I will oftentimes find a stanza that I did not even know existed. And it will hit me. I don't know how else to describe it, but to say that it has a charge to it that hits me. And it's like I'm, I'm getting a message. I know it sounds really weird, but like I'm getting a message from this stanza in this song. Who knows where it's coming from, but it's coming. And once, this is experientially what I've experienced, that once I get that message from whatever stanza it is, the earworm stops. Yes. Ever since you taught me, to the, taught me this, I have experienced it too. And I'm someone 
all of my life, there's always a song in my head. Always. Like middle of the night, there's a song in my head. And now ever since you taught me that, I've been more curious about it and see it symbolically rather than just thinking, oh, I'm someone who always has a song in my head. <laughs> like, huh, maybe there's a language, a message just keeps replaying. And she didn't get it, get it yet. Right. <laughs> and sometimes it'll come back around. Sometimes you'll, I will wake up in the morning and it will happen then. And it's like, where did this come from? And when I go look it up. And then in addition to that, just songs in general during certain stages of my life, as I think with everyone, certain songs are there almost for comfort or to help me through a time that I'm in. Yes. But also the lyric will be very helpful. It's so interesting because on the way here, I was listening to a CD that I loved when I was in high school. And I was listening to the lyrics and hearing them from this perspective, hearing that, wow, it makes sense that this song was so so much my favorite during that time in my life. Now I'm hearing these words and understanding myself even deeper. And it's, it's wonderful to go back and, and look at that. And, and it just gives you a deeper understanding of yourself as that kid or whatever it was that you were. And you probably didn't hear the lyrics on that level at that time. Not at all. Right. Not at all. I knew all the words, but I never actually listened to them. And so now you have a different understanding of yourself. Absolutely. And a deeper one. Yeah. 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 It's kind of cool. It's really cool. And when you start looking at, at it as though that, I know this sounds woo-woo, but the universe is feeding you this information. Like, why not? Like, what if you got to lose? Why not look at it as that? For sure. And I also want, I'm going to segue from, from the word symbol into the word archetype. And an archetype the word itself is something that's archaic, which means ancient and typical. Hmm. So just within the word, something ancient and typical. Hmm. And it comes from the Greek, a word that means pattern or model. When I think about archetypes, I think of an archetype as a force. It's just a force in the universe. And it's in the collective and it carries meaning and direction. It's a constant form, it's fundamental, and it is a force. And they're sort of ancient images or patterns that are universal and have existed since time immemorial. So many of the archetypes, which I'll go into in, in a little bit, the, the fairy tales, the ancient stories, the characters in them are archetypal. Mm. So I see it as sort of a universal force. It's almost like floating around and we access different aspects of archetypes. You cannot embody an archetype totally in yourself. It's too large a pattern, but you can access aspects of it. Archetypes themselves encompass opposites within them. So I'll give you an example. There's the masculine archetype and the feminine. Those are sort of central ones. And so when I think of the archetypal feminine, many, many images come to mind. Every goddess that's ever been written about or told of is, is an archetypal force. And when we think about what that means, the masculine and the feminine, it's sort of characteristics. And I don't mean this on a personal level. I mean it on a force level. Characteristics that are inherent in those descriptive words. So, for instance, the feminine inherent in that is the creative force of giving birth. That is a feminine characteristic. 
Now, all of us have in us feminine and masculine forces. So concretely, a man cannot give birth to a child. But the feminine aspect of a man can creatively give birth to new ideas, to music, to artwork, to whatever. That's a giving of birth by the masculine, accessing the feminine creative power in him. I was um, on a Zoom meeting last week, and there were 20 people, and 18 of them were men. They were talking back and forth about ideas that they had, and they were fascinating and inventive and didn't register with me at all in terms of getting a message out to the world. And so I butted in and said something, you know, there are 18 of you, and this is a lot of masculine energy here. I think you need to incorporate the feminine more. And someone in that group said that what I was saying was divisive, because masculine and feminine are divisive. And I came back with, I'm not being divisive, I'm simply stating what I see as fact, as forces. And I'm not talking about personal masculine and feminine, I'm talking about archetypal. That if you're in a group of men who are discussing something from an energetic force standpoint, that feels different than being with a group of women who are discussing something. That's all that I mean. And those are, to me, realities. That's all. And, and it's not about division. It's about just understanding that we all carry the masculine and feminine within us and acknowledging that. So to recap what we've gone over, could you just read the definition or the meaning of the symbolism that you had started with? Well, a symbol is a thing that represents or stands for something else. And so actually anything can be a symbol if you can then bridge it into another meaning. A symbol is a sign that bridges because the inherent in the word itself is sin, which means together, S-Y-N, and B-O-L-E means throwing. So it's a throwing together. Mm. And that's the bridging. And so if you start looking at things as symbols, it will take you, it will bridge you to another way of seeing that if you just see something concretely, it will not. For sure. And we automatically see many things symbolically. Yeah. And that through that bridge, it creates a, a connection, oftentimes yes. where there might have been a disconnection. Right. With the bad hip example. Right. Uh, I have a bad hip feels very disconnecting to me personally. Whereas if I then look at it symbolically and dissect it and dig deeper, then all of a sudden now I'm connected to myself. And I see that pain in my hip as almost a source and an opportunity for me to connect to myself deeper only when I saw it through the lens of symbolism. And another way, actually, I just got this to interpret that is I have a bad hip. The w- a way to rephrase that would be, I have bad in my hip. Hmm. That would be really interesting. Ooh. I am bad in my hip. Where did I learn that? Ooh. So just rephrasing the, the statement and seeing it more symbolically. So hips are about stance and uprightness. So in some ways, it's bad I'm bad if I'm upright and stand upright in my truth. That hits home, I feel like, for a lot of people, myself included. So, yeah, so we can see that by looking through, looking at things symbolically, it gives you an option for more empowerment. And for more meaning. For more meaning. And for different interpretations, which then allow you to find different answers. Absolutely. And to connect to things differently. 
So if someone has never worked with symbolism before. But we work with symbolism all the time. You're right. <laughs> That's so true. We just don't know it. Yes. So maybe that is so, the first So it's time. really seeing it as as it is symbolism. Mm. You know, just even starting with that, that the, the arches of McDonald's. Yeah. And, and what does that mean to you? That right away carries a meaning with it. Like an, ugh, I don't like McDonald's or, oh my God, let's go to McDonald's. Either way, it's a symbolic meaning. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dana. This has been really enlightening. I'm excited to dig a little deeper with symbolism myself. Thank you, Rebecca. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would share this episode with three of your friends. Send them the link to this episode. Post it on social media. It's so important to spread positive messages these days. Like take a step and share this message with three people who you know would benefit from hearing it. We would be so grateful. Thank you. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.